You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central Show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. And by the Chops Power Injector System, the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA. Find them at barbecuekansascity.com. And by Butcher Barbecue. From injections to rubs to sauces, always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills. Visit them at pelletcooker.com or cookshack.com or call them 800-423-0698. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at cookinpellets.com. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at greenmountaingrills.com. Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that takes part and a look of uh, all things into the world of barbecue and grilling, or as I would normally say, this is the show that covers all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. It's a phone call, 216-220-0966. Likewise, you can email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Or you can just lay out and enjoy the show for what it is. Fine entertainment value covering the world of barbecue and grilling, hopefully in all facets. As we try to do, spread it around a little bit. But you never know what happens. Sometimes we cover a little bit more competition one week. Sometimes we cover not at all competition in a week. Maybe a little bit. Who knows? You just stick around and we'll see what's happening. Welcome to everybody in the chat room. If you've never been in the chat room, might I suggest venturing on over to OutdoorCookingChannel.com at this very moment and signing up. You don't have to really give away the farm and to get into the chat room. You can even show up as a guest. We would like it if you put a name up there. We'd like to put a name to the chat. Not a face to the name, but a name to the chat so it can be a little bit more personable. If I see something in the chat room that I think is worthwhile adding to the conversation with one of my guests or just kind of give you my take on something if I see it and it sparks my interest, then I would love for you to do that. And Be prepared for me to talk about it if you put it in the chat room. You never know. It's the show within the show. I think a lot of people will agree that if you frequent the chat room, you realize that perhaps the majority of the time that the show is going on, the conversation going on in the chat room might not have anything to do with the conversation I am having with anybody. That's just what happens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, if you didn't get the newsletter, here's what's going on tonight. Coming up in 11 minutes from now... We will be joined by the Texas Barbecue Central Show embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding from Rogue Cookers. And specifically, we'll be talking about last week. And by the way, I am, well, I'll get to here in a second. We'll be talking about the IBCA and the Texas Gulf Coast get together. 
ingestion. I don't know if merger is the right word for it. I've seen on social media since over the past seven days that merger isn't the right term. That means this or that, or you should be giving this or that to the company that is being, that is the mergee, or is that the merger? Whatever. The one that's getting gobbled up. So, uh, we'll talk to Doug, who has his finger on the pulse of Texas barbecue, especially this particular item. And uh, I did reach out to Craig Sherry. I know he was on the show last week when Te- uh, when Chad Ward nutted up for me and took over the second hour to see if he wanted to come back on and talk about, you know, a week after the fact, what the blowout is, what the stat- status is, things of this nature, but I haven't heard back from him at this point. So that might be a conversation that we have a week or two or three or four from now or whenever he wants to come back on, but I did reach out and just haven't heard back. But Doug is a guy that has a cook's perspective, uh, certainly has a, let's call it, journalist's take on the whole situation as well. So my thought is we're going to be able to get some history of the Texas Gulf Coast, and kind of how that formed from a high-level sense. No need to really dig down. but And then see perhaps in his estimation and, and what he heard around the different competition trails because Doug cooks in multiple sanctioning bodies in Texas as well and does well. Were there any tipping points? Were there any things that kind of made this seem inevitable, especially for those of us that aren't as steeped into the Texas stuff as Doug is and some of the other guys? So Doug Scheiden coming up at 914. Then we will move to the 935 segment. One of the teams that we have been following all year long and will continue to do so throughout the season is Tim Shop of Tim's Full Belly Deli. And I believe a segment or two with him ago... We talked about how his 2016 competition season is shaping up, which we'll get an update on. But he was also putting on competitions. He has Masters in May, which I believe is a two or three competition thing. So uh, we'll talk to him about that. And more importantly, we'll talk to him about the Choke the Chicken, which took place this past weekend. And that is a backyarders event. So if you have Tim, I believe it was the last conversation we had, was very invested and in, we kind of uncovered it, very invested in getting teams local to Wisconsin, which is where he's home based out of. But from around, you know, the surrounding states, Wisconsin, Minnesota, you know, places like this, and get teams that perhaps think that they want to get into it. Give them a opportunity or a taste of a contest early in the year. Certainly doesn't get much earlier than March in Wisconsin to have that take place. And from all accounts, I believe weather has been really good in the vast majority of the country for those of us that experience winter. It was a great weekend here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland. I would imagine it really wasn't probably any worse up there in Wisconsin. So we'll talk to Tim about how the choke the chicken came off from a high level. We'll talk about the winners, how he feels teams did, the feedback that he got. And then we'll also look ahead to the Masters in May, which will be taking place up there as well. Uh, those are events that he puts on that are KCBS sanctioned events, sponsored events from you know some of the names in the competition industry that you've heard, uh, purveyors of meat, things of this nature. So we'll let Tim talk about that as well. Then we'll move to the second hour. And joining me 
a guy who ripped off a Sam's Club local grand championship and the points discrepancy on that one, uh, wide sweeping. I mean, it was a, a domination of a competition, to be sure, especially since typically we're talking about half points or, or one or two points max majority of times. Uh, this was a wide sweep here. So did very well, uh, 180 in brisket. You know him as the per half of the West Coast offense, a proud sponsor of this show. A number of other items to talk about. So I say 1014, that could eventually wrap into the 1035 segment. I mean, who knows? So I really haven't sketched too much farther out than 1014. And we'll see what happens. Of course, I am talking about my favorite Sterling, Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers. And it really was. Let me, I hate to not talk with specifics, but let me pull up the KCBS website for the results of this past week. And that was in Tupelo. A Sam's Club National was in Tucson this past weekend. Uh, Sterling, a 708.0. So just a huge score. Regardless, huge score. Reserve Grand Champ, nearly 50. 15 points behind. Wow. That was uh, a domination. 693.0. Winning chicken with a 176. Winning pork with a 174. Coming in second in the pork category. And uh, again, a perfect brisket 180. So it was was a domination. uh, As any team would like to have. During a competition weekend, regardless of competition, right? I mean, that's what you want. You want to have a convincing win. Certainly, everybody likes to finish in the top 10, what have you. But if you can win three of the four and you come in second on the fourth, I mean, what's left to say? Well, you should have won You should have won the, the, the poor for crying out loud. Come on. Whatever. Dominant. So we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about the growth of the guinea pig. We'll talk to Sterling about uh, Smithfield Pork, a new sponsor of his, and what they're doing not only with the Big Papa Smokers team, but with the uh, competitions that Sterling is putting on as well. So lots to talk to him about. That's why I said I didn't really sketch out too far into the 1035 because you know once uh, Sterling and I get going, I mean, who knows what kind of stuff we're going to be talking about. And it could go two segments, so we'll see. I got stuff in the, in the chamber. If we run out halfway through the second segment at 1035, whatever. Maybe we don't make it. I got a whole 1035 segment ready to pull out of the hat. Who knows? So that's what we have on tap. Coming up, Doug Scheiding out of the break from Rogue Cookers. First, let me talk to you about Cook Shack. Manufacturer. Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you're barbecue in the backyard, you're on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job with a perfect line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks. It's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoking-slash-grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website, you know it, cookshack.com, or follow them on a bunch of different social media outlets to include Instagram, Facebooks, YouTubes, the Twitter, 
Pinterest, and the Google Pluses. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champs because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast Eddie Morin, the FEC 100, the PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and grill. Low and slow or high and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cookshack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you cook in an oven, you can make on a Cookshack. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. And you can call them toll-free 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Again, you can visit the website cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. And I'm telling you, man, I have had too much time pass between either the last time that I had Stuart Powell or Fast Eddie. I mean, come on, guys. Where are we at? Let's get this thing going. Again, 800-423-0698 or cookshack.com. All right, we are back with Doug Scheiding right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back to 16-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Your two ways to get in touch with me tonight, should you see fit. My first guest tonight, perhaps honored to have the distinction of uh, embedded Texas Barbecue Central Show correspondent or things of these natures. But he's the guy with his finger on the pulse. I, I tell you every so often when it comes to the Texas information, while it seems like I'm a breath of knowledge, it really has nothing to do with me at all. It has to do uh, only with my next guest who has his finger Firmly on the pulse of Texas barbecue, so we race over the hotline and welcome back, friend of the show, the pitmaster of Rogue Cookers, Doug Scheiding, joining me here on the show. Doug, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. You're not giving yourself enough credit, Greg. I'm not. I think yeah. you, you know uh, the, the Howard Stearns of the world. When you peel back the curtain, have armies of researchers and show preppers and all of this. Nobody ever really knows about that and. I'm certainly not about to sit here and compare myself to Howard Stern, but it's nice to know that when I have a, a need for Texas stuff, uh, I don't have to troll the internet. I can just go right to a award championship, world championship award-winning pitmaster in yourself, and the contributions that you have made to the show over the years are are vast and wide-sweeping and certainly appreciated uh, at the very least. 
You're very welcome and uh, always happy to help elevate uh, Texas barbecue on the national scene. So appreciate you having me. Yeah, you got it. So, Doug, I want to have you on tonight. And I know there was breaking news almost as we were kind of hitting the air last Tuesday. And I was an incredible sickness and uh, could only gut out <laughs> 60 minutes last week. Uh, Chad was able to pick up the slack for me and, and go into the second hour and kind of cover it with uh, now IBCA president Craig Sherry. But I didn't, obviously, I want to kind of take my stab at it. I reached out to Craig. I haven't heard back from him at this point. So I figured, you know, the next best guy to talk to would be you and maybe take it from a, a different aspect, right? So I can ask Craig, you're the director, blah, 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 blah. But, right. you know, you're a boots on the ground guy. You've competed in a number of different sanctioning bodies. You have a lot of experience out there in Texas, obviously. So I figured, you know, why can't, we get you on and get your perspective and kind of gauge what you've been hearing here over the last weeks, months, potentially years. And perhaps the best place to start is this. For those folks that don't know, or maybe you're new to the show, Texas, big state, many different sanctioning bodies, three, uh, that cover the state. So maybe if you could kind of give us a, a little history on... IBCA on uh, Texas Gulf Coke and, and, and maybe since we're talking about them, uh, LCB or uh, Lone Star Barbecue Society as well, and then we can kind of kick them off to the side and talk about the other two. Right, and, and and actually, there's the other, there's the fourth one which no one talks about, which is the CTBA, you know, the Central Texas Barbecue Association. But uh, it, it, kind of going back, IBCA was formed many years ago, I think over 25 years ago. Um, uh, by Lynn Shivers, or I'm hopefully I'm not mispronouncing her name, who you've had on the show yep. maybe a couple years ago, yep. I think it was. That's right. And uh, uh, two to three years. And so they they were formed a long time ago. And what happened is, as I understand it, and I don't like to get into a bunch of the politics, et cetera, but uh, 10 years ago, some members of IBCA got uh, upset and, you know, basically – decided to take their their football and go start their own league. And, and so there was a group of people that uh, primarily based in Houston. And that's why the Texas Gulf Coast, uh, even in the last few years, most of their cooks or cook-offs that they have are in the Houston area, where IBCA is really more the whole state of Texas and you know, a little bit in Louisiana and Oklahoma, et cetera. Arizona, so, right. And, uh, and, and what happened is, uh, as I understand it, from Lone Star was started more in the um, hill country area of, of Texas, which is kind of the north uh, San Antonio, west of Austin area. And they, they started their own sanctioning bodies uh, to help support more cook-offs in that area. And so that's kind of how Lone Star got, st- uh, got started as well. Doug Scheiding joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Rogue Cookers. So, Doug, as you look through, and I know we've had the discussion, you know, two or three different times. I know Texas is a big state. There's a number of different sanctioning bodies. Has has there ever been talk, or has it ever really been a, a behind the scenes push between two or three different sanctioning bodies to say, hey, why don't we all unify? We'll have one governing body over the state, and if we could branch out. You know, into these other ones like IBCA gets into a couple of different states that are kind of bordering around there. Uh, to me, seems like all the better. So I understand how they were, how they came to be originally, but you know, over time things evolve, things change, and perhaps has there ever been conversations that you know that had of, of any substance up until literally you know a couple of weeks ago, I guess, 
where there was that talk or that Cooks wanted to have one single sanctioning body, or did they were factions just a part of the business and everybody said, okay, this is just the way it's going to be? Yeah, and I think that's kind of the over the history of the, you know, since it's been 10 years since Texas Gulf Coast has started and and probably uh, about eight or so since Lone Star has started. Uh, I think we we as cooks had just kind of come to realize that, yeah, they're they're just different sanctioning bodies. And and I think overall that hurt from the standpoint of because, you know, like the KCBS, we have the points chase. We have, you know, you interview the person that wins brisket and ribs and pulled pork and chicken. And, and that's a big deal. Uh, not many people uh, that I can think of really chase the points. Even, you know, as we talked about uh, late last fall in December, the people that were chasing the, the points in the different sanctioning bodies were really doing it more just because they were cooking in their local local area and they were, you know, chasing the money like Danny, Danny uh, Luetta, I think it was. He was basically doing it and it just happened to be IABCA and, and so that's how he uh, just collected a lot of points. For, for myself, uh, I cook based on the weekend. So the sanctioning body doesn't really factor in as much. Um, in if I can give my opinion in terms of kind of IBCA is considered the king for most cookers, I would say. Um, although Texas Gulf Coast did have a lot of the large cook-offs, and in large part that was due to Craig Sherry. So the, the unification, and Craig Sherry was a big part of Texas Gulf Coast and was on the board and, and ran the, the organization for many years, and then he resigned and decided to, uh, to run for IBCA. That was, that was a big move because basically it, it, uh, for, for IBCA and running for the executive director, that was a shift in power and the people that had formed, you know, because Lynn was still the executive director, et cetera. And so that that actually helped, I think, speed this process along for Texas Gulf Coast to become a part of IBCA. So if Craig is is that big of a part of, of building Texas Gulf Coast to where it was and then resigns and then goes and runs for IBCA executive director wins, ultimately, as we know. Correct. Were there things leading up to him was there a? I'm asking you to speculate, of course, because Craig's not on here. But I would be asking him the same questions. Is is there things that you hear that led to frustration, or things that he wasn't able to not push through, but kind of evolve and make the Texas Gulf Coast to wherever the the vision was, where people thought it was going? And he's just like, you know what, hands are tied. Enough of this. I'm gonna, you know, go over here to IBCA and, and see what's going on over here. Yeah, I think I think Craig had, had been a part of Texas Gulf Coast. And again, this is my opinion, uh, not really having spoken to Craig directly about it, but just hearing some of the, the talks amongst us cooks and from the standpoint of, as with any organization, it's only as strong as the number of people that want to volunteer and be a part of the board. And with Texas Gulf Coast being Houston-centric, it, it really wasn't inclusive of the whole state. When they hold meetings, they're held in Houston. Well, if I'm in San Antonio, that's kind of hard to get there on a Tuesday to, to have a board of directors meeting, et cetera. So, and, and in the end, in the last year or so, uh, as many cooks know, Texas Gulf Coast was down to two head judges. So as we've talked about from the standpoint of, hey, Texas Gulf Coast only had like eight cook-offs the rest of the year on the calendar. Well, it's because they didn't want to overtax 
they couldn't commit to promoters of different contests that they could have a head judge there if they had another one or two going on the same month because the, you're just going to run those people into the ground. And so Texas Gulf Coast was only going to be as strong and really stay around as long as those two head judges stayed around. And, and there was just no attraction for any other judges to come in there then? Well, I, I don't, again, I don't know all the, you know, ongoings, but, you know, but within the society, but uh, they just weren't able to attract uh, additional head judges. Did they, you know, I would have potentially, I, and I've even considered uh, being a head judge in, in uh, you know, in the past, et cetera. Is that something? Yeah, probably I'll, I'll do that at, at some point in time. But, um, you know, the idea of having a unifying one society in Texas, we as cookers would love it. And a couple of years ago, I almost started something called the Texas Barbecue Society in the same way that Steve Grams has formed this uh, potsy, you know, to have a, a, a cook-off event and have a pitmaster of Texas uh, championship invitational event. That's the potsy acronym. And, and ha- try to get some sort of glue to unify the different bodies. And so that's kind of what the impetuous uh, for his decision to start that so that we could have a cooker of the year, so we could have something similar to KCBS and, and try to get something that's common between all the all the different societies. Doug Scheiding from Row Cookers joining me here on the show, talking about the uh, now ingestion of the Texas Gulf Coast into IBCA. So aside from you know learning a little bit about Craig Sherry's history there and, and moving over to IBCA, you know, what have you been hearing as you've been making the rounds here over the last 12 months, 24 months, even sooner than that? Uh, Were there rule changes? Were there people just like kind of a general feeling of "Eh," and this is time now? Uh, And and how does, you know, how do you think those conversations between the two sanctioning bodies take place? Is it something where they're like, hey, we just can't hack it anymore. You know, please help us. Or do you think there was, you know, still some kind of not uh, chippiness, but we really don't want to do this, but we really can't not do it. So let's go ahead and you know make the the merge or the ingestion here. You know what's your take on that? Well, I, I think Texas Gulf Coast, as we talked about, only the two head judges and being limited in terms of their their ability to support promoters and, and additional cookoffs. Um, I, I think that was a, a a mitigating factor. Most recently, and you mentioned in terms of controversy, et cetera, as it relates to Texas Gulf Coast. They had tried the uh, progressive approach and of trying the modified Georgia Best scoring system. And so that was attempted last fall. It went pretty well, as I understand, in terms of the one cook-off. And basically, the change would be instead of Texas, you know, we have the uh, elimination rounds where you have, you know, the first round, second round, third round, depending on the size of cook-off. Well, that, you know, using a Florida best or a modified, it's more like Kansas City where you have a, a, a table of six judges and they give you scores and, and then you get score sheets and then, you know, you compare them and then you, you come up with a scoring system. Still, you have a top 10 in each, and but you're able to at least get your scores and, 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 and have some sort of idea. Because right now, if you finish in the top, if you don't finish in the top 10 you or final table, you, you could finish 20th or you could finish 100 out of a, a cook-off. Well, they implemented the, the new scoring system, they being Texas Gulf Coast this year, and I think in the first 
implementation at a cook-off, there was like a three, three and a half hour delay in the award ceremony because there was a glitch in the software. And so obviously, you know, when you delay the award ceremonies, we as cooks don't, aren't very happy about that. So we, we want to, you know, uh, get the scores and get out of there if you're, if you're heading home and some of us drive, you know, two, three hours. So that went on for a couple, two, three. And here recently there was some controversy of maybe there were some score sheets lost and trying to replicate the results from a contest. And so potentially having to go back and change the results of a contest. And so just recently, Joe Severson, who was the president of Texas Gulf Coast, and I talked to him at the cook-off a week and a half ago at Turn and Burn. um, And and I told him I respected him for his decision because he resigned. He said that the change in the scoring system, which he felt was a comparative scoring system, wasn't uh, in the best interest of cookers. And as a cooker, he couldn't support that. So he resigned on the principle of the matter. And I, I told him I respected that if he couldn't, couldn't respect it, uh, the decision that, that he would step down. And so uh, in the interim, we haven't had a president of Texas Gulf Coast. We've had an interim. And so there's been things going back and forth on face, you know, the Facebooks about, you know, uh, when, when are the update updated results going to be out and what's going on and what's taking so long. And, you know, they're all volunteer positions. And so, uh, the board of directors of Texas Gulf coast was, was coming under some heavy heat as of recently. Doug Shiding joining me here on the show. So obviously it sounds like ingestion is inevitable. So when the decision is made or when the announcement is made by Craig Sherry, uh, it was either Tuesday or, or late Monday evening, uh, on his Facebook page. Do you think overall there's a feeling of, Oh, I don't even know what the right word is. Uh, you know, relief for the Texas Gulf Coast folks. Because I imagine you, you, you're either going to live with these two head judges until they decide to call it quits, and then you're really screwed. Uh, and now this ingestion at least gives you the ability to continue on with the events. And I guess let me back up a, question, uh, a second and ask a better question here. The ingestion of Texas Gulf Coast, what does that mean exactly? How is that going to affect what's happening or what's on the calendar year right now? I think it's going to help because with the the snafus in the last two or three cookoffs that they had where they were using this scoring system and then they made the change that they were going to go back to the old scoring system until they could make sure that that uh, the computer system worked. Um, from a promoter standpoint, I think that caused uh, some concerns from promoters from the standpoint of that because that those snafus reflected on the cookoff that reflected on the promoter. So are they going to lose the number of cooks next year because they're Texas Gulf Gulf Coast? So I think from a promoter standpoint, that hurt the Texas Gulf Coast reputation. Now, Texas Gulf Coast, and maybe this is in large part to Craig Sherry, they have some of the, the better cook-offs in, in the state of Texas. They, you know, the San Antonio Rodeo that pulls 250 to 300 teams. They're the sanctioning body. You know, so uh, do they continue on with with Texas Gulf Coast. So I think by them merging with with IBCA, that's a benefit to the promoter side as well as the cooker side. I was gra- I was glad because to me it, you know, it should be one sanctioning body. And as it relates to Lone Star, the you know, there is some of the cooks and you know, be it right or wrong, uh, Lone Star is considered a little bit of the more of the minor leagues. 
as compared to IBCA, which is kind of like the major leagues. And not to put down Lone Star, it's just from the standpoint of the number of cooks that they have at, at some of their events. I would say Lone Star maybe is, you know, the 30 or 40, but you get IBCA, which, you know, this year has 50, 60, you know, turn and burn, you know, 200, et cetera. So uh, it's considered more of the major leagues just from the standpoint of you got a lot more teams that you're out there competing against. Do you do you think at some point Lone Star ends up getting swallowed into and, and we finally have the one sanctioning body, or do you still think that that'll continue to be the, the minor leagues, as you say, uh, and, and exist on its own? I think I think there's hope, and this is my personal opinion from the standpoint of the the people that run Lone Star. They're great, Harvey and Harvey and Gene, but uh, you know they're getting up there. And so in the same way, Lynn kind of turned over the, the control of IBCA or, you know, didn't run for the executive director and, and Craig and, and, and somebody else ran and Craig ultimately won. I think from a transition standpoint, there needs to be some sort of pass off or change uh, to someone else that's really going to be the heartbeat of that organization. Is that person out there right now? I, I'm not aware of it. And, and number two uh, when Craig was on uh, Chad's show last week, he brought up something that I had forgotten about, but IBCA is now going to be running the Cooker of the Year, the COTY contest that Lone Star has every year, which is in Meridian and which is considered a national championship. Unfortunately, I believe it's the same weekend as the Jack, so it's really kind of hard to have a national championship. But it's been around for a long time, over 20 years, and so that's a an established cook-off and, and obviously more well-known in, in Texas. But now Texas, uh, excuse me, IBCA is going to be the sanctioning body for that and helping them run that. So to me, maybe that's a, a little bit of a step in the right direction of there will be some cooperation, whether they're going to merge or ingest in the same way that Texas Gulf Coast uh, uh, did. I'm not sure. But um, there, were, there were several people, you know, a few minority, I would say, that were upset that Texas Gulf Coast merged into IBCA. I mean, there was a question on Facebook, well, you know, if this is a merger, are they going to pay for all the you know, all the comp- computers and office desks and things like that. Well, you know, that, that to me, that seemed a little ridiculous. But, you know, what are they going to do with the lifetime members of Texas Gulf Coast? And, you know, are they going to become lifetime members of IBCA now? And, you know, so there, there's a few details to be worked out still. And so uh, probably how the transition goes with Texas Gulf Coast to IBCA may affect a little bit in terms of how, how uh, somebody like LSBS, Lone Star, is is also merged into IBCA. Something that we will watch over the next weeks and months, I'm sure. And if uh, we need any updates, we know the guy to go to. Doug, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You got it. There he is, Doug Shiding, ladies and gentlemen, of uh, Rogue Cookers. And wow, I mean, that is a great insight right there to kind of how it all began and and where we are current day. So thanks again to Doug for coming on and talking about that. We have Tim Shop coming up next. Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. The number one dealer of Mac pellet grills in the world. Big Papa's features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, 
the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs from flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending. Their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, including the American Royal, the Jack Daniels, the Houston Livestock and Rodeo, King of the Smokers, the list goes on. Don't think that they can just be pigeonholed in a competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known. They've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant and Brewhouse. With four of the nine rubs featured on their permanent menu amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa's has also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farms, shipped right to your door, the American Kobe beef, the Kurabuda pork, the Double R Ranch meats. Big Papa's meat locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. Big Papa's also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind... Big Papa's has been able to do all of this within only five years or so of being in the biz. Turning competition barbecue on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. And again, the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. All right, uh, Tim Shop coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Joining me now to talk about an event that is aimed to give competition teams a taste of what it's like to cook a competition category. He is also the pitmaster of Tim's Full Belly Deli. And a team that we are following all competition season long of 2016. We race to the hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Tim Shop. Tim, how are you, buddy? Pretty good, Greg. Tim, appreciate the time tonight and uh, wanted to get back in touch with you, uh, A, to talk about this past weekend's event, uh, but see how you know the competition season is going to be shaping up for you here over the next couple months. So, you know, why don't we do this? Um, I know we talked about it the last time you were on in regards to you know some of these uh, events that you're putting on that, that are backyard, but are trying to uh, encourage or help the new teams kind of get their feet wet. 
if you could, you know, a little idea on the concept and, you know, when you started doing this to, to help those teams kind of dip their toe in the water, if you will. Yeah, we're in our third year. How we first started it was uh, in October. We hold a class called Flesh Fest. We've done three of them three years in a row. And we basically start the morning out with, with trimming big meats, chicken, ribs, starting all of the competition meats. And then in between, we have guests, Freeman Brothers Barbecue and uh, uh, Q Smoke, a couple different ones. And they come in and they each do four or five different entrees. I mean, we do whole chicken breast. We do ribs. We have Chef Jeff from the Culinary Institute come in. Last year, he uh, we did a uh, maple smoked and brown sugar smoked bacon. We made actual sausage machines we had there. Everybody got a hand in making Italian sausage, cheddar brats, salamis, beef sticks. We made a tasso ham. Uh, we made uh, pastrami. And we try to give them 50 to 60 different entrees. It's very fast-paced, 12 hours. Start out with a continental breakfast, have a potluck at noon, and we do everything from entrees to to the finished product. Uh, Every kind of grill you can think of, water smoker, stick burner, FEC, green egg. Uh, Last year we made a whole hog in a cucina box. And uh, at the end... They, uh, they get a cookbook with all the recipes, all the rub recipes, all the sauce recipes. We, uh, we ended up last year with 44 students. We ended up with 45 door prizes. Uh, our team gave away a pallet smoker, a Weber Smoky Mountain, and a Weber Grill. And then everything down to rub packages, uh, weekends away, the whole works. And that got these guys started, especially into the seeing how the competition stuff works. What we do is we'll, uh, we'll start out by trimming a brisket. We were sponsored last year by Snake River Farms, so we had some beautiful Snake River Farms briskets. We have somebody from the audience come up, one of the students. They come up and help trim and inject the brisket. We seal it, and they get to take it home. And uh, we do the same thing with pork butts, ribs, and chicken. So it gets these guys involved. It's hands-on. And uh, it's, it's for everybody. It's for the backyarder. We had doctors there last year. We had lawyers there. But between that and the Rib Fest we held last month, which had uh, 24 teams in it, cooking just ribs, KCBS reps, KCBS judges, but it wasn't a KCBS contest. It was just our local KCBS people. We tried to throw in a couple of new judges so they get a taste of it before they go to a judging class. And, of course, new teams, teams that want to get into KCBS, but they're intimidated by watching barbecue pitmasters and people like us who have 40-foot trailers, and these guys have an easy up and a table. And uh, <clears throat> we ended up in, with Flesh Fest, Rib Fest, and Choke to Choke the Chicken all last week with actually seven new teams in Wisconsin. And as of Saturday, we got three of them signed up in their first KCBS contest. And we've done that every year for three years. We've nurtured new teams along. Helped them get sponsors. Helped them throughout the year. Uh, gave them a mentor. Uh, last year we had a mentoring class. Four teams who wanted to start and had never done a KCBS comp. We rented the same venue. The new team paid $250. He got married up with uh, a professional team. Um, we were one of them. 
uh, T-Max Smokers, Fox River Barbecue, and Chef's Gone Grilling. And you spend the whole weekend with them there. And you work with them, and the four of them uh, compete against each other and the whole group. And the winning team ends up with free entry into any Wisconsin comp they won. And you, you grow a partnership there. I mean, these guys did that, and, uh, you know, the team that Tom McIntosh with T-Mac sponsors still calls him for help, and the one I did still call for help, and we basically nurture him along. Tim Shop from Tim's Full Belly Deli joining me here on the show. So, Tim, as we look back last week over uh, this past weekend on the, on the Choke the Chicken, you know, your thoughts of kind of how the, the whole event went off from high level and, you know, feedback you get from the team's things like that oh it, it was great i mean the first year we did it we, we had 13 teams for ribs and i think 11 for chicken this year we're up to 24 for ribs 18 for chicken um and, and you have to understand something about an hour into this it started snowing we're outside in the pavilion granted we have a hall but these guys are out there the first rib fest we stood there in the morning it was three degrees 13 below with the wind chill <laughs> and everybody had fun and we had more the next year. And like I said, we start out, you know, we put up donuts and juice and coffee and all of that. And we have a potluck that's uh, that's worth $25 a head, believe me. We have some fantastic food at the potluck. We have trophies all the way down to the bottom. The last place team gets free entry into next year's comp. The Rib Fest had 24 teams. We gave away $1,300 in, in purse money. We have always had more door prizes than we have teams. <laughs> so we get great sponsorship from the barbecue superstar, Freeman Brothers, Gold Line Barbecue. And uh, these people are there for every single one of them. And they really, they really back it real heavy. And I think the best thing we've got going for us is <clears throat> our Wisconsin reps, who are pretty new. They've only been reps. We've only had Wisconsin reps for KCBS reps for a year. They came up with a plan, a computer program, and sheets of paper. Our judges sit just like KCBS judges, judge under the same criteria, but they take the time to make special notes. We have the award ceremony. After the award ceremony, the teams go into the judging room, and they sit down with the judges who judge, judge their product. And they're allowed to ask them, why did you give me a 7? Why did you give me a 9? What does this comment card mean? Now, it's helped not only the judges understand what the cooks are doing, but the cooks to understand what the judges are looking for. And at the same time, we had rapid growth in the last three, four years in Wisconsin, and there was a lot of discussion about our judges. Uh, our scores were pretty low. And what we've done is we've helped the new judges by seating them with master judges and working together in an environment that's not a KCBS comp, where, you know, in KCBS comp, they can't talk to each other, but... Here we urge them to talk to each other and to work with them. And uh, it, it's really helped our judging, our scores, and uh, help promote judges and new teams. Tim, do you find that when they're, they're getting the feedback, it's more about flavor, or do you hear it more about tenderness? I think a lot of it is tenderness, but like this weekend, it was a lot of, I mean, I got, uh, <coughs> it's really kind of funny. The guy who got me into barbecue, Fox River Barbecue, Todd Pilot, I needed some judges, and I asked him to come and judge. He's been a pit master for years. We got our scorecard. The lowest score I got was from him. 
And of course, jokingly, I said something to him, but uh, I had another guy who was on it said uh, it tasted too much like maple. You see, I, I think I'd have to say it was split 50-50, taste and tenderness. And uh, we've learned a lot over the last three years with this. For instance, we had a judge, two judges that, I mean, these are KCBS judges that probably done 20 comps. And they'd look at the box and they'd give it a nine. And they'd pick up a chicken thigh and the back was filled with all kinds of parsley. And they basically told the rep, I'm not scraping the shit off. So what they did was they'd eat it and they'd, down, they'd drop it a point on case. Because they're eating the parsley. When the parsley is part of, well, parsley isn't even part of the appearance. Right. And they said, well, you have to pick it off. I mean, you, can't, you can't judge something down for something that's, that's optional, like the, like the garnish. But we found out that there's a lot of things that happen in judging that probably aren't uh, taught in the judging class. And uh, it's helped us to train our judges. Tim Schott, and I believe we, I believe our, I, I, I think the best way to put this is last year was the fourth annual Death Door Barbecue. The first year it was one with a 648. Last year I had a 689 and that was reserve. And we've traced it, and the average for these comps has gone up 40 to 45 points in four years. So we know that the judging is getting better. And I think it shows by the kind of teams we're getting. I mean, all you have to do is look at the roster for Green Bay this year, Masters in May. Tim, in regards to the competition schedule that you're going to be running, you know, at least over the next handful of months are you staying you know relatively local or are you going to start to stretch the legs out a little bit what's the thought no, we'll we'll start out in iowa we got to catch wisconsin's full of a lot of comps at the beginning of the year which we are trying to change and get some of them to move into august and september and october but it's also a good gauge for us i believe i don't have that in front of me i know you do uh i believe by memorial day we'll have 10 comps in it we're not starting till the last weekend in april uh, we do a double in Boone, Iowa, come home for a double at Masters in May, take a week off. We do a comp in Madison, a comp in Fond du Lac, and then a double in Westmont, Illinois. Then a back here the next week for a single, and here for another one, another single. And uh, then we'll start traveling. I know we'll be going to, uh, we're already signed up for the Jim Beam. Uh, I know we're going to Iowa again, we're going to Minnesota, we're going to Indiana, we're going to Michigan. We go every November, December to Georgia, and I'm sure there'll be more added. In regards to goals for the season, uh, you know, are, do you have any like uh, category team of the year aspirations? Are you just going out to cook your best and, and wherever that leads you, it leads you. What's the thought here right now? Well, we're looking for top 25 in all meets, top 10 overall. I mean, we. Uh, we were, I think, uh, ninth in pork last year, 17th in brisket, uh, 40th in chicken, terrible in ribs. We think our rib problem's fixed. We, were, we want to kick up the chicken and the ribs. Um, we just want to stay consistent. Our bucket list this year is top 10 and a 180. Just one 180? Well, we've never had a 180. <laughs> we haven't had a 180 in anything, except... Diana has had six 180s at dessert, and she lets us know it. Oh, I bet she does, right? <laughs> yeah, she lets us know it. 
Uh, Tim Shop is the pit master of Tim's Full Belly Deli. They have uh, quite the uh, array of contests starting next month and we're kind of racing through the beginning of June there. So uh, we'll be keeping up, getting recaps uh, with you, Tim. And as always, I really appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. No problem, Greg. Have a good evening. Take care. There he is, Tim Shop, Tim's Full Belly Deli Pitmaster. Again, just for, you know, he said there, there's a lot to do in that very first part of the year. So in about a month, literally a month, actually, it's a uh, uh, little less than a month. It's, it's uh, the the 20, what what is it today? 23rd, whatever, 22nd, March, April 22nd, he's got Central Iowa Expo Barbecue, which is a duel. Because then they turn right around the next day and do it again. Boone, Iowa, if you're looking for a contest. And then uh, the next week, Masters in May, which is a duel. Then a week will go by, and then he'll get back on the horse again, do Madison Magazine Barbecue Festival. The week after that, barbecue for a stop. And the week after that, another duel, the Red, White, and Barbecue Day 1, Day 2. That's uh, Westmont, Illinois. Poor Q, 6364, take a week off, and then right back out to Oconomowoc, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, for the Hog and Steer Barbecue Festival. So, as he said, hot and heavy, but where you go after that? Got to start to travel. Got to get out of the uh, the upper northwestern part of the place there. It's northwest to me. We'll catch up again with Tim Shop sooner than later. Great contest, by the way, with the, the choke the chicken and the rib thing. That's great. All right, gang, if you're like me, always trying to think of ways to step up the barbecue, the grilling game. No better, no easier way than doing that by adding a little butcher barbecue to your arsenal. Oh, that's right. Folks, we know it. The products now are vast and wide-sweeping. They are proven time and time again. You have the four new rubs that are out there right now. I've told you about them for weeks. Have you tried them yet? You got to try them. The Chipotle rub, the private blend, the cherry, the pecan, or the pecan, wherever you're from. Got to try the new ones. Of course, they still have one of my all-time favorite rubs, the honey rub, which I love. Steak and brisket rub, of course. Then you can go to the sauce, the sweet barbecue sauce. One of my all-time personal favorites, as you would recall, years ago when it came out, I was drinking it out of the bottle while I was interviewing Meathead Goldwyn. It was sensational. Then you have the injections, the pork, the beef, the prime, the bird booster. You also have the grilling oils. Look, here's what I suggest. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com right now and start perusing the products, you'll quickly realize that it's everything you need. The injections, the rubs, the sauces, the grilling, everything else in between. Maybe you have a commercial rub that you bought from somebody else that you don't like. Dave will literally kind of uh, do a buyback from you. You send in your unused portion of commercial rub, he'll weigh it, and then he will send you back some of his stuff, whatever you request. Who else is doing that in the industry besides nobody? Nobody. Dave trying to make not only his customers happy, but his competition customers happy as well. If you haven't stopped by to shop yet, hurry and do so. Be rewarded generously. 
ButcherBBQ.com. That is ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We've got to have uh, Dave back on here coming up. Do a little beef talk. Do a little update on if uh, horse meat is going to be making its way into the state or not. Or the country in general. I was talking to somebody last week about... Oh, it was my boss at work. We were talking about horses and what you do with old horses or diseased horses, whatever. Well, you, you, you knock them off and throw them out. There is an outlet, and it's called Consuming Them. Weird to talk about, I know, but we'll do it here on this show. All right, we're back right after this. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Your two ways to get in touch with me, should you see fit. Thanks again to Tim Shop from Tim's Full Belly Deli for joining me this past segment and talking about last weekend's Choke the Chicken contest. Let me see if I, I had him up. We were going to mention it here, but started racing out of time. Results for that, True Smoke Barbecue wins, and that's at a one, I think my eyes are going bad, a 178.3, so, you know, literally, I don't know what kind of a background True Smoke has, but that score in pretty much any, barring the perfect, that's pretty much good enough to win in a lot of different competitions right there. That's right. Freeman Brothers Barbecue, second place. And a pretty hefty drop-off. 178 wins at 173, takes second. Smoking Steel Keg, third. Tim's Full Belly Deli, fourth. Tim, you got to win your own event. What are you doing? Mr. Tony's Barbecue rounding out the top five. 13 other teams took place. And as he said, snowed. That's the one thing that we were talking about when he first started telling me about this event. It's like, dude, you do this in March? You're in Wisconsin. There's a 97% chance that it's going to be snowing and colder than balls in Wisconsin that weekend in March. Ever. He's like, yeah, but everybody has a great time. They must. The numbers prove it. P.S. So, yeah. There you go. All right. We are going to step back. Reload here for the second hour. Sterling Ball will be joining us at 1014. We'll see what we get to do with him in regards to that first segment or what we get through. And uh, we might hold him over for 1035. We get through enough or he becomes disenchanted with the conversation or who knows what. We got other stuff to hit as well. I'm going to go ahead and refresh my libation. Perhaps you should do the same. Get ready for that second hour. Maybe we will have something to win. One never knows. 
It's like a, a cavalcade of wonderment here on the show. I'm getting emails going, who would eat horse? Who would eat horse? Well, getting over the fact, right? Getting over the fact that it seems weird. I'm not talking about eating a dog or a cat. I know people have horses as pets. They're considered to be like a labor animal. There's other countries that eat horse on the regular. I believe Italy, France, just to name a few. It might not be a bad conversation to have, to open dialogue. Maybe not. All right, uh, we are back right after this. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. Stick around. Just like that, we are into the second hour. Ten after, uh, two minutes after ten Eastern Standard Time. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. This is the show you found. A uh, couple audio issues there going from uh, hour one to two. Apologize. I believe we got them aced out. Also, I believe we have fixed the tune-in radio stream as well. So. Should be firing on all cylinders right now. Again, you know, with the horse meat, it's a meat. There is an opportunity for as much as we talk. Do you remember, was it a year ago we were talking about uh, red meat is being... This is Chris Payne get, What? Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. All right. Thank you, Chris, for interrupting. We were talking about how... I don't know if red meat was running out, but uh, pink slime was being ballyhooed about, and how was that being used, and it is being used to supplement some meat percentage because the amount of meat being consumed by Americans was substantial, and it's just not an endless supply of meat. So we had had a discussion, I had had a discussion with Dave Bosca maybe a year or so ago and said, well, let's have this awkward discussion. Certainly, as uh, David mentioned there in the chat room a couple minutes ago, uh, United States and probably some other countries have made horses pets. You consider them pets like dog. You don't eat dog. Dog's a pet. Dog's, you know, smarter than a human, whatever you want to say. Uh, same thing with cats. Not birds, though. I mean, birds are pets, 
But eat birds, um, eat chickens, eat pigs, eat cows. I mean, everything else on the farm, I think, you're pretty much eating, except the other four-legged animal, uh, the horse. So that has somehow made its way into it's a worker, it's a laborer, it's a pet, uh, you ride them for show. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and make farmers' arguments I think in a lot of those 4-H instances, you raise hogs like they were your own, and they get the big blue ribbon at the 4-H tournament or fair or whatever it is, and you put them on a cart, and they're off to slaughter, and then you're eating Mr. Giggles a month later or sooner. So if there's an option to supplement the red beef that we're eating now with something widely available, and other than sounding gross, like eating horse, separating that, if you can think about it in a vacuum, not a bad idea. A lot of horses. It's lean meat. It doesn't necessarily look all that different once it's cooked. It's a little it's a little different color than you're used to in its raw state, certainly. Just Google horse meat in France or horse meat in Italy on the Google's images and see what you see. I mean, it looks a little different, but when it's cooked, you know, it's got that nice caramel colored sear to lock in the juices, you know, all the good stuff. Maybe if we're opening up dialogue and we're trying to reach, here's the season of reaching across the aisles and trying to bring parties together. I mean, oh my God, PETA would be in a all-out rage, a fit, if somehow the horse meat situation was able to regain steam, which, if I'm not incorrect, Dave, um, it it was allowed in certain states, and then it wasn't, then it, I think it got re-allowed, and now, since we had talked about it last, got disallowed again, or outlawed, or whatever. But on its head, again... Sounds, you want to put it in the same category as a dog or a cat or some other type of domesticated animal pet. But if you look at it, it's, you know, really not. Now, I don't know if you want to, instead of sending Zenyatta out for, you know, to take a stud, I don't know if you want to grab her up for a, hefty sum and say you're eating the prime rib of horse or something like that. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of muscle on those thoroughbred horses. But there's got to be, you know, a kind of a lazy horse or one that's just, you know, not overly well kept like most Americans. A little doughy. Probably tastes pretty good. Kind of got a buttery texture. Dave says all good with gravy. Absolutely. I mean, can we get more gravy? Is that possible? Go to Bob Evans. I'd like a horse meat, an open face horse meat sandwich with gravy, triple gravy, and a piece of lemon pie, please. As Dave says, correct. Government issues said they would not pay for the inspections and the companies would have to. So your federal government isn't going to purvey over these. The company's going to, you know, that means more money. And of course, money also is not limitless. Who is this? Who is this? 
I have no idea. This has the potential of going all kinds of bad right out of the gate, but why not? Let's go ahead and uh, pick up line 216. You're on the phone. Hey, Greg. Um, I'm telling you what. Uh, I hadn't thought about it before, but you're making this horse sound pretty tasty. I want to know where I can get some. You can't get horse anywhere. Isn't that well, just the problem? I, I think that that's the Who is real this? Issue that needs Who is to be this? Discussed because um, the way that you're talking about it um, makes it seem like every American should have access to some delicious horse. Don't you think everybody, not only should you have horses jaunting about in your fields ready to ride, but some should be ready to be head off to slaughter with the rest of the cows and the pigs. I mean, what's the difference? I don't see any difference. I want some horse in my face. We, Sir, I don't know your name. You've uh, decided to remain anonymous, but we should start a uh, petition. You will be the first to sign. Well, second aside from me. And we will start. My name is Horse Spatchcock, and <laughs> I need horse in my face. Pronto? You need horse pronto, sir. We can go to Mexico. Please. According to Butcher Barbecue, we can go to Mexico and have all the horse we want. Well, I, I like I said, yes. I had never considered it before. Why not? I've been watching your show now for Big fan? quite a while. and At least 15 or 20 horse, minutes? Eating horse now sounds like the right thing to do. All right. Well, thank you for your vote of confidence, sir. Oh, my vote is this. He's voting pro-horse this year in the election. See, it's not just me who, well, it is just me that has great ideas. But, you know, I'm just saying, if all lives matter in the human race, all lives shouldn't be that discriminated against on once we sent to the slaughterhouse and put in our gullets. Horse, watch out. I believe your days are numbered. It's not just the glue factory for you anymore. Naysayers. See? I just did that. Just did that. I know who would have a fantastic, a fantastic take on this particular item. He's coming up next segment. Never a shortage of opinion. Probably hasn't even thought about it. Like this caller who just called in. Hadn't really thought about horse. Never really gave a thought. But I made it sound so attractive, right? And there's different, like, species of horses. You know, you have the horse, you have the thoroughbred, you have a mini horse, ponies, donkeys, jackass. I mean, there's a horse could take over the steak population in your markets if given time it might take two or 17 or 43 years from now to make horse the meat of choice but now pork's gonna come up pork's gonna have to come up with a new slogan because it's not gonna be pork the other white meat it's gonna be horse the other meat the other meat. lean by the way, did I mention lean? Right, Dave? Horse inherently more lean than red meat. So all the people that hate red meat, want to hate on the cow, 
you know, maybe you can get on the horse bandwagon a little bit. Relax. Horses have had enough. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why are you going to buy from another company? Don't do it. If you're not familiar with how they work, imagine this, a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and once set, keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Because, hey, maybe you're a busy working professional like me, or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids, you're doing errands. Quite frankly, you don't have that time to set around and tend up those pit temperatures. The guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. Number of different models to choose from, four I believe at this point. CyberQ Wi-Fi tearing it up across backyards and of course on the competition circuit. You can control up to two cookers, you can get multiple internal temperatures of meat, you can connect it to any smart device hook it up through the Wi-Fi, and right through the magic of your smart device, you can make pit temperature adjustments. You can look at the temperatures internally of your meats. You can make any change you need without having to go out to the cooker or leave your home. It's very easy. If you're in the market for a cooker, Onyx Oven's still the one to take a look at. Accommodates half and full pans for food service, working seamlessly with any barbecue guru pit temperature control device. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out their products. If you have any questions, don't guess. Call them directly. Again, 800-288-GURU, and they will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or visit thebbqguru.com. And if I may, if you are my friend on Facebook, go there now while you're watching this show. Bob Trudnak is in the South region of this Traeger meat challenge or whatever, and I'm never a guy for popularity stuff, but Bob has been very good to this show since its inception of podcast. And he's up against it. He's down by like eight or 900 votes. So if you didn't see the post today, friend me on the Facebook, get over there and vote for Bob Trudnak in the South Division. He's made it to the Sweet 16. You don't need to register for anything, and you don't need to give an email. You just click for Bob. That's it. Do that now while you are watching this show. I would appreciate it. And I'm sure Bob would appreciate it if he moves on to the Elite Eight. That would be great. All right, uh, we will load up for Sterling Ball of Big Papa Smokers. We will ask him about Horse to lead off, because you know I will. Horse is making a charge to the front of the meat categories here. And we will talk about it next. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back to 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Your two bits of contact info. 
This portion of the show brought to you by CookinPellets.com, the single source. If you have a wood pellet cooker, get this fuel immediately. CookinPellets.com, that's C-O-O-K-I-N, pellets.com. If you don't like there, try them out at Amazon.com. Sometimes they offer great shipping, and you can take advantage of that by downloading the CookinPellets.com app as well. Hey, joining me now, a guy who continues to tear up the barbecue competition circuit when he's out there mastering the pit, but a, a worldwide phenomenon when it comes to rubs and seasonings and ideas and talk of competition barbecue in general. My favorite Sterling, by the way. Sterling Ball of Big Papa Smokers joining me here on the show. Sterling, how are you, buddy? Great. Hey, is it is it too early to wish you happy Easter? It's never too early for me. I take it all the time. Okay, perfect. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, Sterling. Now... Now that the formalities are out of the way, let me ask you something. Get outside the box. I mean, you're a business guy. You're constantly evolving, having to think of new and different ideas to stand out from the rest. What do you think, on its head in a vacuum, horse meat? What do you think? What? Hello? What? Horse meat. What about, what about, horse what about getting horse meat to market for consumption? Why not? I don't know. I was an awful big fan of Mr. Ed growing up. That might be hard. So the port, the so the issue with it, as I kind of was talking about at the top of the hour, was somehow horses along the way became a cat and a dog grouping. They're like a pet, or but they're really not. Right? Yeah. All right. See, Sterling Ball agrees with me. This is really gaining steam. Here we go. So, Sterling... Wait, wait hold on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. I, thought, it was, I had a dream somebody was talking about eating horse meat. Yeah, well, uh, it's the next big thing. So, uh, Sterling, you were in uh, Tucson, Arizona this past weekend. We're going to talk competition first. And did quite well, I might add. Three out of the four categories go to you. Second place in the fourth category... That you didn't win, and on top of all of that, uh, a one eighty, which you're not now not accustomed to not getting. I mean, you've you've got one eighties before. So, uh, talk to me high level on Tucson, Arizona, Sam's Club local. I mean, you get to move on, and it was a, a, it seemed to be on paper a great competition for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, look, you dream about those kind of results, and um, I think we had a really good cook. It's never your best cook. But I have to tell you something, anybody who knows me, they talked to me before awards, I'm never positive, okay? Because I have no idea. I know what we do, and we do it, and you, you know, get lucky. Or, you know, all we try and be is consistent and try and cook four meats. But, you know, this isn't the fake humility after we were really excited. And it was, it's really fun how the applause go, because James is a lot more popular than me, because obviously... He's James the Flame. And so James gets the first place chicken and there's a big rousing applause. And then first place ribs and I go up for that and it's a decent applause. Second place pork and it's really not a whole lot of applause. And then the 180 brisket in first place, there was pretty much no applause. So it was kind of funny. And then I think when they finally called it, there was a lot of applause because, you know, 708 points is, is nice to get. And, um, for me, it was great because 
I'm so excited about Smithfield that we're going to be talking about a lot tonight, but you, know, you want to get out of the gate well with your new sponsors and getting a first in ribs, you know, and Tim Shears on the same team with me at Smithfield. And last week he got a 180 right out, but you know, you kind of don't want to stub your toe the first time out with the new sponsor. So that was nice. When you look at the discrepancy between you and Reserve Grant, um, and, and Reserve Grant, very respectable score of you know six ninety three, but to, you know not all the time, maybe rarely, do you see you see more one by a point or a half a point or ten thousandths of a point as we've seen over the the last handful of years. You don't really usually see the fifteen point discrepancy between one and two, maybe one and ten or something along these lines. But you said it wasn't your best cook. But, I mean, it had to be, like, right up there. It was good. I mean, it, look, we, we try and, you know, we try and control as much stuff as we can. Let me talk about the guy who came in second. I think he's probably there, Rick. Um, I think this guy's cooked about, I mean, no contest at all. He's got one GC and a ton of RGCs. And uh, he's, you know, he's a really good cook. And there was Smitty and there was... Uh, you know, a lot of really good Arizona teams there. Um, but that I like it because Rick came in second to Sylvia at the guinea pig, and he says, I keep following a WCO team. And so I have a little advice for him. But yeah. I uh, sure know what that is. It's probably get some WCO spices and then, you know, join the, the ranks of the GC instead of being the bridesmaid. Uh, he'll be there. He's really a strong cook. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers. Of course, the website, bigpapasmokers.com. Uh, Sterling, we had talked about, uh, I believe, our, our last conversation. The cattle prod was just getting ready to hit the market, I believe, at that point. Now it's out. Uh, I've heard it's doing very well. You're the businessman. Tell me about the numbers. Tell me how it's either meeting, exceeding, falling short of expectation. Where's that product at? It's really funny because, you know, I give it to the to the sponsored teams to cook with, and there are some that trust me right away and run it, and other people want to make sure they don't want to change their flavor profile, and I put no pressure on them. But, you know, I got the three out of the four 180s at the open were cattle prod, and then I got the perfect perfect at, um, at the Sam's final. But, you know, um, Yellow River the first time out of 180, Rub Bagby the first time out of 200 because it's Florida. Um uh, Swig and Pig Berry, first time out, 180. Uh, Darren, I think, first time out, 180. So it's sort of crazy. I mean, it's done much better than I could have hoped. But then we got this thread on the Brethren that a lot of people have read, and I, you know, people are saying that it ended up being such good marketing that I had to plan it, and I didn't. It's just it's the thread that won't die there. And then after this weekend with Darren getting a 180 again in um, – Florida and me getting one in Arizona and then uh, Greg Prado getting one up in, not a 180, but a first and brisket up in BC. I mean, it just kind of kept that thread going a little bit. Sterling, in regards to the product itself, certainly there's other injections on the market, maybe, you know, two, maybe three uh, big names prior to you getting into the market. What is Cattle Prod bringing to the injection market that either wasn't being hit in, in your estimation or something that you're adding that's, well, you know, your spin on it? What's well, the one of the things, Greg, one of the things I want to do, it's another choice. Um, because I think both Cosmo and David Boska are great guys. I use their products and other meat. Um, and 
you know, it has a tendency. I don't want to really, you know, I, there was a flavor I was looking for and, uh, I wanted a more beefy flavor and I wanted something that tasted good on its own. And, and that's what I did. But, you know, I think all I did was give us another choice for barbecuers to use. And, um, Hope you understand that because you want to talk about Jeff Staney, who's a competitor to a lot of people, but I truly respect and like these people. So it wasn't like I was going after them. It was like I was being, cre- I was being creative, you know, and I created something that I thought would work. So I, I guess, so, I, he, I guess the question is not necessarily that. I mean, I, I certainly appreciate and understand that, but you know, and maybe it's, it's, it, you can't draw the same conclusion I'm about to with injections as you can, but if you go into the sauce aisle, you know, to me, it seems unless you have dynamite gold right out of the bat, why would you bother going into a barbecue sauce line? Because there's just you almost kind of get lost in in the mass amounts that's out there. So similar to an injection, if there's really good stuff out there, if you're not looking to you know dominate the market, just give another option. Is there any concern that you're just putting something out there that might not reach, in a business standpoint, something that you're looking to achieve? Well, I mean you don't invest the money and the time in something. And I beta test a lot. I worked on, I worked on cattle pot for two years and I didn't use it in comp, but in practice, I didn't, I didn't use it in comp to Long Beach this year, which I think I got third in brisket and GC, but um, I don't think, you know, obviously you hope everything you do is, is well received, but it's not like we didn't do our homework either. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show, BigPapaSmokers.com, the website, if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Uh, what are the other things that happened this year, Sterling, aside from you continuing to do well on the competition scene, is, uh, you know, last year, a different pork sponsor or partner or whatever the hot button term is these days uh, with uh, Compart, uh, you've since uh, parted ways with them and brought on a new pork sponsor for Big Papa Smokers this year, uh, which is Smithfield. So if you could... Uh, Compart seemed to have been all the rage, and, and you heard about it uh, a lot on social media. And you know, I'm such and such a Compart team, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, and now you've gone to Smithfield. So, was there something last year that you didn't necessarily champion or feel like you wanted to carry over this year, or were you just approached by Smithfield and and felt better from a product or a business standpoint? What's the mindset to drop one and, and go to another? Uh, you know, first of all, I don't think it's productive or fair or smart to say anything. I mean, Compart is is great pork, and it's a great family. Um, you know, I just wanted to do something different, and I didn't have another deal lined up. So, you know, I had a – there was something else I was looking for, but it's nothing about the product. I think I'm Compart's fine. You know, um, so I made my, my decision uh, – to leave based on, you know, just how a relationship goes between a sponsor and a team. But Compart's a great, great family business that raises great pork. Sometimes teams fit better than others. So that was pretty much it. Could I could I play a devil's advocate for one second and say you are the current KCBS team of the year in pork, right? Yes. It would almost seem odd to want to get away from that. You won with that oh, team okay. of the year, right? <laughs> yeah, it is, and I was 39th in ribs. So um, you never know. You, you know, it's such a tough game, and 
uh, you've you've seen it time and time again, and you know sometimes relationships change, but um, I'm I'm really happy with what happened and and how it worked out, and that's really what the most important thing to talk about is. You know, I've I've got a meat that you can buy at Walmart that you can buy in single pack. The that's uh, the ribs are you know single packs great because it's like thirteen dollars for a rack and. You know, there's not a, there's not a loser hidden between the two, <laughs> and I think that if you KCBS is going to allow you to cook an injected product, you should cook an injected product. Uh, was, That's just my belief. Was there a rule that you you weren't? Was that a rule change? Were you not allowed no, to cook an enhanced? They've always product? allowed. Okay. They've always allowed pump product. So um, so what and, I've and, heard, and you know something, I don't want to cook. I don't want to have a sponsorship and cook something different. So yeah. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. So talk to me about Smithfield. What do you, from, you know, obviously it's not just about the product. I mean, certainly a lot of teams want to be able to, to get a competition season's worth of meat, and, and that's an expense that they don't have to lay out for. But, you know, ultimately with you, it's a bigger picture. There's probably other things at play that, you know, the Smithfield situation now works really good for you moving forward. So, you know, aside from the product, what else uh, is Smithfield bringing to the table for you guys? Well, it always, but the first thing is it's always about the product. Of course. Okay? And I think the product, I think I can win with the product. I don't believe that I would make a commitment to them because really I was a free agent and I wouldn't make a commitment to them if I didn't feel like they were giving me the best chance to win. And, uh, the other thing is they saw eye to eye with with the different things I'm I pr- produce and promote. Um, Smithfield is to, is committed to investing in the barbecue, and so along with my alliance with them, I'm very happy to announce that they're putting significant money behind the guinea pig. In fact, it's called the Smithfield guinea pig, and the one, first one we're going to have out of California is July 22nd. And it's Jeff and Joy Stain of Kansas City Barbecue Store. And basically, I'm working for them. So it's Wait, really an right. So you're, you're going to be working for your competition. Your biggest competition, you're going to be working for this event. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> he got my awards at uh, KCBS. Listen, this isn't like, I don't think it should be this horrible competition. I think we all have a, have, have an ability to do certain things and, it doesn't stop us from having a relationship. And, and Jeff and Joy Staney cooked the guinea pig the last two years. And, you know, he hadn't cooked much. And he really said this, if there were more things like this, I'd cook more. And so I said, hey, how about if you have one in Kansas? He said, great idea. So we're, we're doing it there, and that happens to be one of Smithfield's uh, offices. Uh, we're going to try and have a huge kid's queue there. Uh, we, paced, we put one... Um, post up on the brethren and i think we're full but if you guys want to get in email arley at arleyqevents.com and uh because it's 450 dollars it's smithfield pork we're still um we we're working with our favorite meat supplier right now um and uh it's pretty exciting. I mean, three three guinea pigs, sixty percent get a get a check, and twenty percent break even or make money. And Smithfield loved that, and so it plays in the hand of trying to make the barbecue a little bit more affordable. 
On the other side, they wanted an exclusive contest, and I'm very happy to announce that Smithfield is the title sponsor for the King of the Smokers. And along with that, the prize money is being increased to $75,000. So that... Uh, 24, yeah. That's a pretty significant bump. Yeah, it is. I'm saying they're investing in, in barbecue. We're going to do also a guinea pig, by the way, in Richmond, Virginia, too, with Tuffy Stone. Next year, Randall Bowman. I mean, the kind of people that we're partnering with to do these guinea pigs are very, very significant people in the barbecue world. All right, so with the three minutes we have left before we go to the, the, the first break here, and you probably didn't realize, but I'm going to strong-arm you into another segment here. Uh, give us a, a thumbnail again of what the guinea pig is and, and why, why this is becoming so popular now. Well... You know, there's a lot of uh, cartoons on the internet with, you know, you know, when when your wife finds out what your guitar really costs, or your barbecue, or something, or your husband, uh, barbecue has gotten so so crazy expensive, and and the the traditional payout model is too few people can offset their cost cooking, and I don't think that's a sustainable model. Well, it's been going on for a long time, but I don't think it's good. And um, so I wanted to bring the family back in, and I wanted to level the playing field, and I wanted to um, redistribute the prize money and have an, a cost-controlled contest. You know, I've got a lot of abuse the first year. People are saying, well, $450 is not a cheap contest. It kind of is, because uh, we got the kids' queue, we got dessert that all pay cash, and we... Like I said, we pay 10 deep in every category, 10 deep overall. It's a blind draw for the meat. Um, we have a great, our tradition is, is, is weenie roast with Snake River Farms, and we have teams bring chili. And it's basically the official meal of the guinea pig is a chili, uh, chili dog. And we cooked, we had 48 teams, and we cooked 300 um, chili dogs at the uh, last guinea pig. Big Papa Smokers joining me here on the show, Sterling Ball. Again, the website, uh, bigpapasmokers.com. Uh, Sterling, can I, can I hold you over for one more segment here so we can you know, get to the, to the rest of this stuff? No problem. All right, stand by. We're talking with Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers. I will take this opportunity to talk to you about now, not only the 2015, but the 2016 Barbecue Tool of the Year, the CHOPS Power Injector System. Three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs. From backyard cooks to caterers to restaurant chefs, there is a power injector right for you. Let me break it down for you just a little bit here, tell you about each one. The number one seller is the half-gallon chops power injector, and that's the one I use. Designed for the competition cook or the backyard guy like me, so easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, don't worry, you don't have to fill it all the way up each and every time. Just put in what you need, it'll use it all up. Comes with 14 gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. The one gallon chops power injector system, designed for catering and bigger jobs. It will hold double the amount of the half gallon, obviously. Use it in competitions like MBN Whole Hog or when you're cooking 10 shoulders to get a perfect one. Comes with 14 gauge needles as well, two replacement needles adapters, three plug screws, a needle protector, 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. And then, last but not least, the newest one is the CHOPS Full Power Injector System. It's electric. It's the commercial and competition Big Daddy. It's not a holding tank like the other two, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube 
that you can put in any size container. That's right, from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. You know, it was originally designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City, and he said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are back and better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11.5-gauge needles, 3-plug screws, and a needle protector. This one's 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere. A number of the top pit masters in the country, nay, the world, are using Chops Power Injector Systems every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. We live in that foodie world, Centralites. you got to have flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. And it's not just for me. You can inject alcohol into your watermelon with the Chops Power Injector System if you so desire. They're handmade in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. So here's what you do. You head on over to the website, barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E.com, and order which one you think might fit you best. Here's the bottom line. It doesn't get NBBQA Tool of the Year two years in a row if it's not really good being talked about this year by many of the top people in the barbecue and grilling industry. And you realize, how was I? why was I injecting with one needle before this? Just on time savings alone, it's worth it. All right. BarbecueKansasCity.com. We're back with Sterling Ball right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. If you have a question you would like me to relay to Sterling for you while we're on the air here tonight. That's fine. Maybe you have the balls enough to call in and ask a question. We may or may not do that as well, but that's the number if you want to give it a grow. Sterling, appreciate you hanging with me through the break here as uh, we go ahead and close out the last segment. Uh, we were talking about the guinea pig and, and why it's... Whoa, 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 whoa. Yep. Yep. I use that chops injector system too. I think it's awesome. I think it does a great job. Can you imagine there was a time when one injecting needle seemed to be the most efficient way to inject one or five or ten pork butts. Well, actually, I use a single needle. On, I use it on brisket. Single needle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so do you use, like, how do you use the chops power? Just for the pork well, butts Greg, or you just know, at home? I'm a or? surgeon. Of course. Meticulous. Just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, people know. I, uh, you know, one thing I did get from Smithfield is this giant, like, PVC apron. I said, there's no way I'm going to wear this. And I wore it, and it's great because I can hose myself down about eight <laughs> times during a cook because I usually go through about three aprons and five T-shirts. But the Chops Power Injector is a, is a good product, correct? That's excellent. All, all kidding aside. All right. I know a place where you can buy it, too. Where? BPS. Yes, BigPopSmokers.com. I love when the show sponsors no, I, are supporting the other I side. use it. I, no, I'm just saying I think that's a – there's another example of a, a great entrepreneur in barbecue making a great product. Another product I love that I use at home a lot yep. is the Vortex I'm, for the drum. The thing's unbelievable. I don't know what that makes is. makes it so much more versatile. Yeah, you should look at that. The Vortex? Oh. Yeah. All right. I'll write it down. 
cortex. It looks like a, one of those cones you put around your dog's head to keep them, yeah, you know, scratching themselves, but it's stainless steel, and you kind of can redirect the. Um, there's a bunch of different ways you can use it, but I use it as like a, a cannon a with heat, a fire. A heat so I think can. that's a great one. All right, good enough. I'll, I'll check out the vortex. Absolutely. What other products are you, are you digging on right now? Well, I love my um, Messermeister knives, and I love the Ken Onion knife sharpener because I think, um, and I, I I use disposable cutting boards, and those are just nasty on knives. And uh, I do have a guy in Michigan that sharpens knives for us. He's like the knife maven, or whatever the knife whisperer. Yeah. And but we can't <laughs> always get them to him, and uh, so I have the Ken Onion sharpener, and it's it's awesome. It, it really works great, and it's easy. So I, I like the Ken Onion uh, thing a lot. All right, so uh, let me uh, dial back into the guinea pig here just for uh, a couple more minutes here, and then we can uh, kind of switch back sure. to, to Smithfield because I do have a couple questions about that as well. Uh, you, you mentioned Tuffy Stone is down. I mean, Jeff Staney, a huge name in barbecue, of course, uh, right there in Kansas. That's going to be a great ad. But then, of course, uh, I don't want to say you take it to a, another level with Tuffy Stone, but look, I mean, he's he's on television all the time. I think he is widely considered to be... Wait, wait, a, wait a minute. They what? might be listening. What? Staney, Staney might be listening. And you just, yes. You put Staney a notch below. No, 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 no. I said that he is a, a great big back, name back in barbecue. Back up I, I said he is a big I'm name in barbecue. No anyway. doubt about it. Absolutely he is. What I said is, but then you look at a guy like Tuffy Stone who is on television. He is all over the place. Uh, I mean, certainly still competing and winning really big competitions no, 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 no. pretty regularly. Like, like rolls out of, I mean, he Tuffy's a, Tuffy understands food. Yes. You know, he's a trained chef, but unlike most trained chefs, he understands barbecue better than anybody, I think. And I think that Tuffy understands the right mindset for competing in big events. I think his flavor profiles roll beautifully. I don't think Tuffy makes mistakes. Um He's a big game hunter. I think Darren's a big game hunter too. Yeah. So getting a guy like uh, Tuffy Stone is uh, really helps validate the the concept of guinea pig, and and now you have like a, an anchor over on the far east coast. So I mean, you're really kind of covering uh, all angles. You got the the original guinea pig west coast. You have you know now guinea pig in Kansas, which is kind of the the middle of the country, and now you have. Uh, Tuffy Stone doing one out there on the East Coast in in uh, Virginia. So, uh, yeah, and then like I said, on Dex Randall Bowman, he, and on the next after, uh, at the same time will be Tim Shear in St. Louis. So, I mean, those all those guys. I mean, Randall puts on great contests as Deep South great cookers, and you know Tim with Blues Hog and the Gateway Drum, which is you know, which I think is just such a fabulous. Uh, cooker and especially is taking competition barbecue in the right direction, cost-wise. But I mean, these—I'm really proud to be a, uh, to have these people be associated with the idea. Do, do you have a, a ballpark number of guinea pig events once it achieves you know full rollout and all this? Like, how many would you like to see <laughs> happening in the course of a year? Do I have to go cook the hot dogs? Every—it's your contest. You're the head hot dog cook, right? Actually, I, I love I love you just want to eat them. and I love the hot dogs. Yeah, you just want to eat the hot dogs and watch the kids. Well, eat. I'll tell you, it's it's no fun going to a comp when you're a cook and you can't cook. Right. I'll tell you what the what you learn as a promoter really quickly is t- 
teams could really make it easier for the promoters. That's a nice way of saying that it's really, um, you feel like saying, is anybody happy? But really, that's not the case. I mean, at the guinea pig, there's a no whining rule. So um, that, that's been put in effect a few times. No whining. No whining. Well, I mean, I will tell you that um, there's a cook that I won't mention his name except for he was RGC this week and last week. That was the only one who complained about the size of his brisket at the guinea pig, and he won brisket and RGC. So, no names, please. It's it's. Uh oh. From a promoter standpoint, none of these promoters are getting rich. Very few of them are breaking even. Uh, and I'm talking about the dedicated barbecue contest, not the one where it's a barbecue contest that they use to draw people to the crafts booths and the car show and the dog show. Right. Um, I'm talking about this, the standalone barbecue contest. I mean, we had Henry out here. He used to do eight or ten contests. He's doing one this year. The The return is so, so minimal that I think you really got to uh, cut the promoter some slack. Do you... Do you see it going into the other sanctioning bodies that are out there? Did you see an IBCA having a, a guinea pig of, of some kind of form or fashion or an FBA? I mean, they're similar in the meats that they offer an FBA, but, you know, well, IBCA is a little well, bit different. I'm sure it's possible. One of the things is that, you know, you have to have somebody that's got a little bit of juice with some of the suppliers. Because this is a private contest. It's not open to the public. And so we really need people like Snake River Farms that have been so great to us. You know, they stepped up the double R last year and this year the uh, the SRF and, uh, you know, the, with the Wagyu for it. And, I mean, I think it's hard to pull a guinea pig off like 50 of them because it really does require, I mean, the promoter makes less money. There's a lot of people that make less money. There, There's no power. In California, I make them turn their generator generator off at 10. In Kansas, they can run their generator, but it's got to be their generator. I mean, a generator is five to seven grand of of the expenses of a contest. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. BigPapaSmokers.com is the website. Uh, so when did you say, you said it was going to be July, July 22nd was going to be the, uh, right. the guinea pig in, in Kansas? Right. And when has there been a date set for the Virginia one again? No, we're, we're working on that. The problem is trying to pin... Well, you got to pin me down, Staney down, and Tuffy down, and that's that's hard to do. I mean, I'm going to cook 25 times this year, 24 more times. So that's 24 more weeks. I actually have a real job, and uh, what? That's that's been really busy. So, I mean, I've been starting at four in the morning lately. So. I, I love everything I do, so I feel very fortunate. But trying to get everybody, you know, where everybody's got the weekend free is very difficult. I couldn't, I couldn't let do these things without Jesse at Big Papa Smokers, without Jody and without James. There, um, and I think if people are listening or in the chat room or whatever, I never look at it because I'm too thin-skinned. Uh, but they'll probably <laughs> say that. Those three people really, and Holly, by the way, they really work hard to make these things uh, happen. Uh, Sterling, let me switch directions here just for a second and, and talk about the Smithfield product. Uh, we had talked, uh, you had mentioned something about, you know, if, if KCBS is going to allow juiced uh, meats, uh, 
why not use them? So my question to you is this, and obviously you have uh, tested the products. Uh, you won with them this past weekend. But I've always heard, and I've never tried them, that the injected products or the enhanced uh, meats, especially the pork, have a more bacon-esque quality to them, or, or they're a little bit more salty. Uh, do you find that that is the case? And, and if so, is it, does it not really detract, or is there anything that you have to overcome to, to counteract that or anything like that? Well, you know, I can speak for a couple of different brands, and I'll really only speak for Smithfield. Uh, but no, I don't believe that. I think the way they do it and the concentration level they do it, it's, it's, it's doesn't affect the flavor, but um, really does help the tenderness. Now, keep in mind, I'm also cooking the prime uh, in certain instances. So they've got a prime line that's, that's very, very good. But I really do prefer, um, most times it'll be the extra tender ribs and, and it's probably about 50-50 between the extra tender butts and the prime butts. So I was in Walmart uh, literally 45 minutes before we went on the air tonight. Uh, to to pick up some cat food because my small cat is fat, but nevertheless, we're trying to, to get him down a little bit. And I went right to the case and I said, okay, well, Sterling said there was Smithfield pork here in Walmart. So, well, sure, shit, there they were. And uh, single packs, as you had said. And now these were the uh, extra tender. There wasn't any prime cuts there uh, when I was there. No, no, but that's, that's, where, that's what we cook. The, the, the extra tender. And that's... That's what Tim won Team of the Year with last year, Rib Team of the Year. That exact product. So on the on the label, it said uh, eight, up to 8% enhancement. So now typically right. I, I would usually see a higher enhancement. So uh, I guess to your point, they've, well, yeah, they've kind know of done that science, You actually right? need a little higher enhancement. Oh, do you think going to 10 or 12 would, would make a better product there? Well, oh, you're talking about ribs. Yeah. Um, Or just no, fine I think as that their, their enhancement level is is perfect. I mean, yep. it's in one team of the year. So it, you know, in in the end, uh, I mean, we can talk about taste all the all the all the live long day. And I had had Darren Worth on uh, a month and a half ago when we were going through all the the category winners, and he said, "Hey, talk about flavor profile you want. It's like the most overused term. Blah blah blah. In the end, it comes down to a tenderness game. So." I would imagine, uh, since you're using an extra tender rib, uh, you feel, as far as the tenderness game is c- concerned, you're really uh, headed down the, the right direction from here on out. Oh, yeah, but, but listen, I think that's an oversimplification of Darren because the flavor profile is super important. But if you have tender meat, you've got a better chance of scoring than if you have a great flavor profile in shoe leather. But I think I think the key is in, in barbecue. It's all three things are are really important. But I think tenderness. If I was changing the rating scale, tenderness would would be number one. Taste is more subjective. That would be number two. And appearance would probably be boosted a little bit because you know people eat with their eyes. They see a beautiful box. Um, generally, they're going to have a, a, a you know they're going to receive that meat better than if they get sloppy, splotchy stuff tossed in a box, even if it's tender with a great flavor. So I actually think it's all three, but I think if you have to focus on one, it's focus on tenderness and not tenderness from a thermometer standpoint, 
Okay. The hardest thing for me, because I teach a lot of people how to cook, and I, between the pellet smoking forum and the drum smoking forum and my uh, Facebook, I get a lot of messages. You know, my brisket's tough, my brisket's dry, and they never can believe when I say you're pulling it too soon. And they're so thermometer crazy, and it's it's like most really good chefs, I mean, can, can jiggle it, but if they're going to put a probe in it, they don't have to see the display to know whether it's done. So I, I think that I think that everything's important, and I think, but tenderness is number one. So I guess my point on that is, since it seems still to this day that there are a lot of teams using a lot of similar flavor profiles. So certainly, to your point, if it's that, if it tastes good in a shoe thank leather, you, thank you. <laughs> of course, uh, that. The separator now in the judges. By the way, Steph, thanks you too. Of course, I mean fifty-fifty. Um, the differentiator now, because you know, I've termed it the, the vanillaing of, of flavor profile, because people are scared to get outside the box because they they spend a lot of money, as you know, to get to a competition and try and win. But the differentiator at this point is the tenderness, which I guess to Darren's point is, is really the key. If everybody's kind of kind of be tasting the same, you're going to separate yourself with you know, how the, the teeth hit the meat and then how tender it is. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I think that the, if there's one thing that the elite and West Coast teams uh, said to me is, do you really have to come out with this injection? Can't we just have it for a year? <laughs> no. See, they're selfish people. Yeah, the answer is no. Now, you know, live with it. So. Right. Uh, grandbaby need grandbaby needs shoes, Greg. Yeah, of course. Or Or two or three pairs, for crying out loud. Why stop at one? So nobody's got any questions out there, huh? Uh, no, no questions. We'll call this call this a riveting interview. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, people are just uh, you know how it is. Like the, you listen to regular radio shows, and you have the same four people that call in every day, and the overwhelming public uh, listens, appreciates, and they would never dare uh, potentially uh, a offend anybody, and more importantly, make themselves look foolish by asking a question. So they stand. Hey, so speaking, they stand speaking of foolish, why don't you come be my guest and cook the Kansas City guinea pig? July 22nd? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Why don't are you, you going to put me on the spot? Can you, Do you know how, how busy I am? Them? Hold on. This is my turn. <laughs> I love saying that to you, Greg. Unbelievable. Uh, um, you know, this is just like our conversations when I'm not on the radio. But how can you expect to be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame having never cooked a contest? <laughs> Who's, who expects to be? Who expects me to be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame? Don't we have a campaign for that? Yes, but not be, not for that. To show how foolish right. the voting Everybody process is. Everybody in the chat is. room there or whatever. What do you think? You think Greg should come? Yeah, oh, don't you even ask. Of course they think I should. You Listen, here's, the, here's, here's a promise I'm going to make you. You have a 100% chance better of getting me to cook whenever that Virginia one is going to be. Because, you know, I can really drive there uh, and, and not too awful long. Or it's a very short, uh, you know, jet ride for me. So get that hammered down and I will cook that one. And, and I will win it. It's on tape. Wow, I it's like on that. Tape. So, it's, 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 so who's coming to help you? Me. You're going to go solo? Sterling, guinea pig is a beginner's contest. 
Well, it, you ever it, heard about that? Everybody's got this. Hey, I'll tell you what I do, <laughs> and this will really ensure that you um, that you win. I'll run your boxes for you. By, by the way, people are just lighting up chat room now. He should do it. He's going to do it. It's on tape. Blah blah blah. So yeah, I, yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I will do see, it. Greg, I'll bring Greg, my buddy I Desmond. Just showed you, I just showed you leadership. Yeah, thank. You. I was wondering at what point in my life I was going to command some of that. So uh, I appreciate that. So I'll bring my uh, I'll bring my Desmond that lives right across the the street from me, and and he'll be my uh, he'll be my sous chef. He'll be great. All right, and and you're on me. You're comp. You're going to be the only comp team. Yeah, of course. There's nobody, you know, because you're a celebrity. Like yes, I'm. I am veritable. I am almost in the barbecue hall of fame. Can we have a sign that says "Future Hall of Future Famer"? Future Hall of Famer in the celebrity slash humanitarian. Well, after I can, win, can I get a can I get a can I get a dunk tank? Yes, please. And after I win the guinea pig this year, I'll go in as pitmaster in the Hall of Fame. How about that? Well. And then, you know what, don't forget the little people who made it possible. I never forget the Centralites. They are they are my people. So it's on. So let's get that hammered out. I will be there. I'll win. It's going to be great. And then I'll talk about it all the following Tuesday for your promotion. Do you, have, do you have any like special needs, like no brown M&Ms no, or anything? No, no way. I am, I am, I'll, you won't even notice I'm there. Will you talk a lot to people, or will no. you just have your head down and focused? Yes. Well, I mean, considering it would be my first comp, I will have to be as focused as it gets. But uh, in between the uh, the ever-angsting uh, prepping of chicken, I will probably at least press the flesh with a few folks that we've you know, you discreetly set up. Don't you have somebody like Sylvie come help you? No, no. No, no, no. I, like I told you when you tried to get me out there uh, for the winter, if I'm going out there, I'm going to compete on my own. I will not have one person say, well, you had Darren Worth. Do you, I could pull up my Skype list of pitmasters and have a dream team assembled that would assure victory. But I couldn't possibly no, live no, with myself. No, we're talking pitmasters. Unless you're putting yes. them on the air, you go to voicemail. No, no, no. Negative. I call them daily. I will not name any of them because rule number one of the show is no name, please. But I could have a dream team assembled in short order. Uh, those that have won Memphis and Mays and American Royals and Lenexa barbecue I, battles and so I'm on and so forth. I'm offering you a guinea pig winner. I know. I'm going to cook it. I'm going to win it. Now, Sylvie's got to be in the chat room. She's always in it. No, she, she left saying? early. She left early because there was technical problems in the first hour. But she's ready. Oh, all right. okay. Sterling, you've, uh, you've said it all, and uh, we're going to book this. Well, I killed the second segment for you that it, we had no, it was no, awesome. no meat for, so that was good. <laughs> so, uh, Sterling, as always, I appreciate the time, and you can visit him at BigPapaSmokers.com or his various online haunts. And uh, we will and talk July twenty second. Email yes. Arlie if you want. We're very close to full, if not full. But you know, people cancel and stuff. But please email Arlie if you want to do it. It's it's a blast. That's all I can say. The guinea pig is a lot of fun. And bring your kids, bring your wife, and be prepared to eat uh, a chili dog. I will leave you with Steve Nelson at Girls Gone Wild, yeah. Iowa. Ate five hot dogs. Okay, I can eat five. Yeah, but do you see him, Steve? He's like a stick. Have you seen me? I am lean. I weigh, 100, right, I weigh 148 pounds. I'm putting on muscle. I'm good. 
it's a good time to leave. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sterling, as always, thank you, sir, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend. All right. There is Sterling Ball. Sterling Ball going balls to the wall tonight. Wow. Unbelievable. All right. Well, why not do this right before we uh, dump out of the show? Uh, we'll go to the phone lines. You're on the air. Greg, uh, hello. We're in luck. Um, hello. I've actually, I've actually hit a horse. I'm in Middlefield, Ohio, and uh, it is, uh, it's, it's dead, unfortunately. But I, yeah. I'm looking for recommendations on how best to cook this horse. Uh, uh, always uh, from the hind quarters, and it's hot and fast on the grill. If you're if you're asking my expert opinion on horse, did you really hit a horse, sir? Did you really hit a horse? Greg, have you heard? <laughs> no, I haven't heard. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I I was under the impression that everybody had heard. Heard what? What? You know, it's not like I'm trying to get out of the show. I'm not doing that. Hi, I'm Johnny Dam. Host There's of Johnny Dam ruining my out. Good job, Johnny. All right. Uh, first of all, thoughts and prayers to the horse that was just ran over in Middlefield, Ohio, and is now going to be eaten. Not a uh, not an Amish person because they're not allowed to have uh, cell phones. So that was a real human. Well, of course, the car gave it away. Too, but he could have could have hit a horse with his horse drawn buggy. Jebediah, eat that horse to a... Dave, what's the temperature we need? What do we need for temperature-wise on a uh, horse butt? Right. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Doug Scheiding of Rogue Cookers about the ingestion of Texas Gulf Coast into IBCA. Then we talked with my second segment guest... Uh oh. Ah, darn it. Hold on, standby. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, Doug Shiding, first guest, second uh, second guest at 935, Tim's Shop, Tim's Full Belly Deli, talking about choke the chicken. And in the second hour, Sterling Ball goes not one but two segments talking about guinea pig talking about his new pork sponsor smithfield and all that fun stuff so first things first september 11th 2001 i will never forget until next tuesday at 9 p.m eastern standard wait stop the presses if you didn't hear two weeks ago this week friday night Chicago, Weber Grill Restaurant, a 2006 Silver Oak Magnum Cabernet Sauvignon will be taken in by me and Meathead Goldwyn finally. We are going to lay waste to that Magnum, the likes you have never seen. Not only that, we are going to be shooting some video inside of the Weber Kettle or the Weber Grill Restaurant. We're going to be talking with the executive chef. 
So there will be video, if not next week, the week after that. We're going to get some interview, all the fun stuff. It's going to be great. So just know that on Friday night, 6 o'clock Central Time, I am be going I am be going to get my shit face on with Meathead, ladies and gentlemen, with that fine wine. So until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.